Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Matt, and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories, and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. For those who are regular listeners, thanks a lot for tuning back and supporting my work. And for those who just discovered this podcast, welcome. And as I have mentioned in my intro on this podcast, I talk about different places around the world, how to save money and achieve financial freedom. And I also connect with some amazing people from different industries who share their stories on how to become successful. So far, I have had some truly incredible guests from Singapore, Kenya, California, and Florida who shared their stories about travel, finance, and success. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to talk with Athena Onesian about Italy and Armenia. I was able to talk with a former CEO of PepsiCo and Pizza Hut, Stephen Raymond, and also with Larry Louis about credit cards and how credit cards can actually help you travel the world for free. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do so in your free time and subscribe to my podcast. And today, I cannot stress out enough how excited I am to bring another guest on my show who will talk about two of my favorite things in my life, photography and travel. And as you may know, I love capturing all my travels and sharing them on my social media with all of you. But today's guest takes it to absolutely another level with his amazing skills and passion for what he does. Sean Dalton is full-time photographer based in Bali, Indonesia. I have messaged Sean a few weeks ago and asked if he would be interested in sharing his life story and how he became a professional photographer in Asia and how is he able to grow his social media presence. As of today, Sean has 70,000 followers on Instagram, 22,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, and most importantly, some truly inspiring photos, videos, and tutorials that you should definitely check out. So let's dive into this conversation today with Sean and find out about his journey in Bali. Sean, thanks a lot for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for that awesome intro. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the kind words and I'm excited to have a little chat today. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I want to talk you know, about kind of everything, uh, especially when it comes to traveling, photography. Like I said, those are two things that I absolutely love. And I know you share the same passions. Um, but let's just start with your your history, your um, your your beginnings. Where did you grow up and how did everything start with you? Yeah, I originally grew up in San Jose, California. So just about an hour south of San Francisco. Uh, you know, I had a great childhood. Um, and I went to college in Oregon. So I moved to Oregon when I was 18, Portland, Oregon, did my undergraduate, my master's degree out there. Um, and um, while I was studying for my master's degree in, in public health, uh, I did an internship in Japan. And I spent three months living in Japan and it just ignited something within me. I just had to travel. Like it was something that just became absolutely central to who I was and nothing was going to stop me. So after I traveled to Japan, I went back, I finished my master's degree and immediately after I graduated, I left and I went to China for two months where I just solo backpacked. Um, and that was gnarly. That was a crazy trip. 
Uh, and that was the trip that really set off my love for photography. I just could not put my camera down. I was shooting everything like from the sunrise all the way to sunset, like middle of the day. I was shooting portraits, landscapes, like cafe interiors, like literally everything. And that was probably one of the most incredible trips of my life. Um, and after that, I, I ended up going to Thailand where I was working for a nonprofit for a few years and, or not a few years. I was only working for the nonprofit for about four, six months. Um, but I soon left the nonprofit in my field that I had studied for so long, public health. Um, and I started just freelancing as a photographer up in, in Chiang Mai, Thailand for, I did that for four years. Um, so I was up there for quite a long time. Um, but towards the end of my stay there in Chiang Mai, I felt, you know, I felt a little bit trapped. I felt like I was being complacent and I needed to be somewhere new. I needed to meet some like-minded creatives, you know, find some other photographers, people that were doing cool things in my, in my area. So I made the move to Bali um, and the rest is history. That's where I've been for the last year and a half. So that's kind that's of a cool. quick rundown of my, my story and how I got to where I am today. That's amazing. That sounds like a dream for a lot of people, honestly, that people that live in, in the US or Europe or wherever they are, and they're kind of stuck with the job forever. But I'm glad you were able to like discover what you wanted to do and explore, uh, especially that you said you were in Thailand for quite some time, and then you moved to Bali. So those are two amazing places. Um, how was how, why did you decide to move to Bali at first place? I'm just curious. Yeah, I just, um, I love Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is home for me. It's such an amazing place. I love how quiet it is and peaceful. But I just felt like I, I was so uninspired by what I was shooting out there in, in terms of landscapes and stuff. And I I felt very confined in, in a creative a creative sense, not only by what was around me, my my, you know, physical environment, but my social environment as well. I I had a group of amazing friends that are still my best friends today, but they weren't photographers. And I, I felt like I needed to find like-minded creatives. And I knew that Bali was the place to be for that. There's so many amazing creatives out here. So many amazing photographers and videographers and models and everything you could think of. So it was a, it was a good jump. Um, and I've definitely created that kind type of community out here. You know, I live with, a, with other creatives and it's a great environment. That's what I see. That's exactly what I see online, on, on special on Instagram, that there's, a, like you said, a big community of people, of creators that live there right now. Are you guys some sort of uh, connected? Is everybody connected when it comes to that? And you guys go on like shoots and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's clicks. There's clicks within the larger social groups, of course, as, as we're any, anywhere in the world. But a lot of people here um, are active on social media and we definitely do have a little, a little crew that we go out and shoot with. We'll go, we'll go on sunrise missions. We'll go to, um, you know, different places around Bali. We'll go to other islands. We'll fly around Indonesia with the goal of just capturing cool photos. Uh, and it's nice to have that crew, you know, to yeah, I'm travel sure. with and yeah. And then, so how did your story begin with, uh, with photography itself? Were you self-taught or did you have any mentor or someone that you look up to or were you able to like explore things on the internet? You're like, wow, I would love to beat this, you know, do that yeah. one day. 
I think, I think with like most photographers, it's a little bit of both, you know, like some photographers are purely self-taught, but I think a lot of us might've had a class here or there, like when we were younger or something like that. I, I had a few classes. I had a class in high school and I had a class in college and did they, you know, teach me everything? Absolutely not. I think they taught me a few like crucial basic concepts of photography, like how to look at a photo and and how to think about composition and color and just as well as the history of photography, which I find pretty interesting. But beyond that, no, I mean, I, I basically taught myself everything, taught myself the exposure triangle and how to choose my settings. And um, I think it's just, just a constant learning process. I'm a student of the craft. I'm never going to stop learning. There's so much to learn, you know? So I think the more you, the more you, you learn in a field, the more you realize you don't know. Would you say that you're obviously we're all still learning every single day. Would you say that you're still getting inspired by some uh, people on social media or, or when you watch YouTube videos? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, there's so much good stuff out there. So many people are just creating awesome stuff and um, super inspiring content. And that definitely inspires me um, with not only my photography work, but my, my YouTube channel and where I kind of want to go with that as well. So Yeah, we'll definitely touch on that a little bit later. And yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that right now that, you know, you have people that inspire you. To be honest, right before we started recording, and I was just telling you that, that you inspire me. You're a person that I think <laughs> has really amazing photos, really great content. So I'm definitely going to make sure I, you know, post all the information on my, uh, my, you know, my Instagram and then also in the link description for this podcast so everybody can see because everybody should see your, your work. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. So one of the questions that I've always wanted to ask, to be honest, especially right now that you're a freelancer and you live in Asia, which is an absolutely amazing place. How did you become a freelancer? How did you get your first job? Um, how did you create, you know, creating portfolio? I understand that. But like, how did you yeah. actually to, 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 to figure it out? Let's just say. Yeah, a, a really good friend, man. That's that's who set it off for me. Somebody that believed in me. Um, and it all goes back to Thailand. I was, I was 22 years old or 24. I just finished my master's degree. I was working for this nonprofit in Chiang Mai and I met all of these digital nomads that were working up there. And, you know, I was working an office job. I was writing papers and, and writing publications for this NGO, but I was like taking a ton of pictures. And I, I met this guy, his name was Jesse. He quickly became one of my good friends. He was from Australia. And he told me, hey, I need some I need some portraits. I need some headshots and I'd like to hire you. And I was like, oh, I've never done that before. I, you know, I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know how much to charge. He was like, look, I'll yeah. give you like 60 bucks. We'll head out. We'll take some pictures. It'll be great. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it was, it was awesome. He loved the photos and that he shared them on Facebook. And that just ignited this like business for me. I, I started making like, four to $6,000 a month shooting headshots in Northern wow. Thailand, um, as well as doing some weddings, doing some food photography work as well. And the entire time, not only building my portfolio, but just building my skills as well. You know, like I became so, so much better over the course of the three years I was doing that heavily. So um, that's how it all started. And it, I was doing that for quite a while and it was great. I really enjoyed that. Was it the, so you would say that mostly because of the connections, right? That's something that I talk about all the time, that networking is super important, especially whether, whether you're traveling or whether you're mm -hmm. working, what can really set you up, I guess, for, for the future. 
Yeah, especially like shooting headshots. You're shooting headshots of people that are often pretty established. You know, I got to meet some really awesome people in all kinds of industries, like doing really cool stuff. And uh, a portrait session is an intimate session. You know, you want to help them feel relaxed. So you're you're chatting, you're talking, you know, you're just helping them calm down a little bit, ask them questions. So it's a good, it's a good time to make good connections. Definitely. And then, so how, how does your work life looks like right now? Are you connected? Are you just uh, with a certain person right now? Or like, do you have a, some, some sort of contract or are you a freelancer and just picking up jobs here and there? Yeah. So I'm full independent, fully independent, um, fully freelance. And actually I don't really take many clients on Yeah, I haven't taken on on clients for quite a while now, obviously because of the pandemic. Um, I don't have a visa to work locally, so I don't actually shoot for clients here in Bali. Most of my income nowadays is through my online courses online. So I'm making educational content uh, for my website and for several other platforms as well um, and um, YouTube as well. So that's mostly where my income is coming from right now. Interesting. So you were able to pretty much figure out uh, your own business, if I could say that. Is that right? Yeah, I absolutely. And I'm fully independent. And I love that because, you know, if you've had one or two bad clients, you already know how stressful that can be. Yes. Um, and after a few bad clients, I just told myself, like, I would love to be everything on my terms. You know, I don't want to have to rely on anybody or have to send in proofs. This is all on me. And so that's definitely like my goal going forward as well, um, is to just to continue to focus on my business. With that said, I would like to step back into freelance a little bit, uh, coming this year and working, working with some bigger brands and brands that inspire me. Well, let's geek out a little bit about photography. because I just want to ask you, and I think I'm sure a lot of people ask that question is like number one question that people ask all the photographers. And I don't know if you want to share or not, or is this maybe some sort of, uh, you know, something you don't want to share, which is perfectly fine. What about the gear? What kind of gear do you use? It's a you know basic question, I guess, but yeah, just... no, it's a, it's a good question. I shoot, I shoot Sony. Um, I shoot with a Sony a seven three, which is, um, honestly a, an insane camera that you can get now for like $1,500 used. So it's still good. It's like pretty old, but it's still, it's still so good. I'm going to have a, you know, multitude of lenses that I've picked up over the years, but honestly, it doesn't matter what you shoot with. I mean, Canon, Sony, Nikon, whatever, unless you're like at a super high level where you're like video, maybe you you might want to consider, you know, different options for video, but for the most part, like all the camera companies are pretty solid. So yeah, that's, that's what I always say too. Cause some people always ask me, Oh, wow, this is an amazing photo. Which camera did you use? Like it really doesn't matter which camera. It really yeah. doesn't matter which camera I use. <laughs> This is iPhone. I'm like, whoa, really? Like, iPhone's yeah. crazy good, man. Oh, so good. Absolutely insane. Do you have the 12 one too? I have the 11, but I mean, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. I, I actually have an iPhone photography course that's pretty popular. So, and I shot like purposely for that. I went out and like captured like photos with my iPhone for that course. And the thing is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So another thing is your own photography style, because that's what I want to talk about as well a little bit. Um, everybody obviously has a different photography style and everybody's trying to, you know, edit photos differently. And I know that you have a certain um, photography style. How did you develop that? And how did you, you know, um, how, how would you say that people um, can create their own style? Yeah, I've actually made a video on this before. I think it's a, it's an interesting 
topic because style is very like I guess you can you can force it yeah but a lot of style just kind of happens organically over time um it just kind of develops on its own with that said I think it starts from somewhere and I think it starts with mimicking work that inspires you um I mean for me that that's how it always goes you know I, I see work I'm like wow like that is next level and I mimic certain things about it that I like, whether that be the lighting or the composition or the way that the objects are um, set in the frame or the subject matter, like it, it could be anything. Um, and, and that's especially like in the beginning when you're first starting your photography, you know, you're, you're just first busting out your camera. You don't know what you're doing. I always recommend doing that because it's a great way to learn. Uh, but after you, after you mimic, you know, I think then you kind of need to adapt it somehow. So you adapt it, you put, put your own little spice on it you know touch it up on your own uh and then from there i think that will evolve slowly evolve into your own style and that's i, I say that because that's very much my experience i think maybe other people have other experiences but when i first moved to thailand uh there was all these thai photographers that are, were taking like super cool coffee photos like <laughs> they were going to all these like insane cafes in chiang mai and bangkok and just capturing these sick photos of coffee. And I was like, I need to shoot with you guys. What's up? Like, let's go. And they were super nice and they let me come out. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just kind of taught me a lot and just being with them and seeing them shoot really helped me. And at first my photos probably looked quite similar to theirs. Uh, but over time, you know, that style adapted and now we're like completely different. So yeah, would you say that you got inspired by some of them or some people on social media? That's how you created your own style? Oh, massively. Yeah, the, the, everyone, I was super inspired by them. That's why I reached out to them. I was like, I absolutely love your work. Like, how can I shoot with you? How can I support you? And and the guy that was like my most, the, the most inspiring guy, he was opening a cafe. So I went there on the opening day and I, you know, I ordered a bunch of stuff and got to know him and he ended up becoming one of my good friends and uh it, who you know he was not only an inspiration for me but he was also a really good mentor he taught me a lot about photography so that's amazing yeah i saw your photos on instagram a lot of coffee play coffee places in the past especially in, in thailand just like you mentioned yeah it's, i've kind of i don't really shoot that anymore but I, i i have a soft spot for it i love it so okay and another thing is uh videography because i know you've been uh progressing into that in the past few mm -hmm. months or years actually it looks like it um I know that the you know photography and videography those are two different things um whereas right now for me i take just photos uh videos just to short videos on instagram but this is definitely not the type of level that i'm talking about uh, but with the videography that you do how were you able to transition from photography to videography how did that happen yeah i think it was kind of a natural transition i mean i was starting a youtube channel and like all these other things like it just goes hand in hand you have to know how to navigate a camera. And I think a lot of photographers now are also kind of playing around with video a little bit because all of our cameras are hybrid cameras. They can shoot incredible video, they can shoot incredible photos. So um, for me, I, video came later for sure. Like I did not understand how to do it until like a few years ago, but I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I and I learned the basics of camera settings. Um, and that translated really well from, from photography as well as understanding of light and composition and depth and all of these things that are very central to photography, those translated 
very well over to videography. So still something I'm, I'm continuously learning. It is so much more complex and technical than photography, but I, I love that. I love that side of it and kind of feels like every time I'm shooting, I'm solving a problem. So definitely. Yeah. I saw some of the videos truly amazing, uh, especially on YouTube. I know that you created a YouTube channel that you're right now teaching other people as well, right? You have your own uh, course as well. Can we talk about that as well? Yeah. So the, uh, the YouTube channel is actually quite old, but, um, I started publishing again, like just two months ago. Uh, I took like a lot of time off, but after like eight months, two of my videos just started ranking massively. And I got like 5,000 subscribers <laughs> in a matter of like weeks. So I was like, Oh man, I got to get back on it. I got to start creating content again for these new subs. And it's been great. Uh, I've been, been producing weekly videos again, and, um, uh, I'm just going to keep going with that for the foreseeable future. So I guess, uh, their, their courses as well. Yeah, I have, I actually have a ton of courses <laughs> that I sell on my website and on other platforms like Skillshare and Udemy. Um, so those are basically everything related to photography, travel and, um, Instagram, social media. So Sounds great. Yeah, definitely going to link that in the description so people can find that. Um, and then let's talk a little bit more about travel as well in the Bali itself, Indonesia, because uh, I love Asia, Southeast Asia specifically. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing uh, region. Uh, I love the food. I love the people, but I've never been to Indonesia. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that a lot of listeners maybe have never been to or they want to go. And I know that mm, especially Bali, it's really such a hot place right now where everybody wants to yeah. go because all those amazing photos that people take and videos um how how is it living bali uh, for you specifically yeah bali's been great I, first off i just want to say you know i don't think people realize how absolutely massive and diverse indonesia is like there's so much in this country and it is definitely a, an insane place and i highly recommend coming to check it out not just bali but yeah in terms of bali bali is just this beautiful little island, man. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I have an interesting relationship with Bali. Um, I think there's, I, I think Bali gets a lot of bad rap. You know, I think a lot of people come here and they stay in these touristy areas and it does get quite busy. Uh, not right now, not over the pandemic. It's been very quiet and peaceful. But before that, like people have just been flocking here from all around the world to see what it's about. And some people come here and they come here on a short trip and they see just the, the things that you read in a book. And it is so disappointing because this island is just packed full of like some of the most insane, beautiful things I've ever seen that I've not seen in any other country that I visited. And it's like that on a daily basis. Like you just go for a drive in the morning and the things that you see will just shock you. They're just, it's just stunning. Yeah, I, I definitely, before the pandemic, there was a lot of people here and I am not, I don't like that. I don't like all those people. Um, but once, once kind of everyone left and I had more time to spend here and I got to really explore this island and see all the little nooks and crannies and, and discover these new, insane, beautiful locations. Now I'm just like awed by Bali. I'm just in love with it. It's such an insane, it's such a beautiful place. And uh, I just, I can't even put it into words. Some of the things that you can see out here and I definitely recommend coming if you're on the fence about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would have said that a year ago, you know, I don't know if I would have said that, but after being here for a while, how long have you been living in Bali for? Uh, almost a year and a half now. Okay. So time is, time is flying. Yeah. Time is flying. 
So, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have a little bit better understanding when it comes to living there right now, like accommodation and transportation. How does it look like from your perspective? Because I'm sure it's completely different than living in San Jose, California, right? Oh, it's uh, honestly, it's probably the exact opposite. <laughs> um, yeah, Bali, getting around Bali, you basically have to drive a motorbike. Um, there's... I guess you could probably take taxis, but it's just not very practical. The roads here are small. Cars take so long to get around. Um, you're often on these little tiny like cobblestone roads that are navigating, winding through like rice paddies. Um, it sounds like a dream because it is. It literally is just stunning. But in terms of, yeah, it's, it's not a walkable place and you need a motorbike to get around. There is a lot of noise pollution in the, in the touristy areas. That's just kind of part of it. Um, but there's also a lot of, you know, other beautiful places outside of the touristy areas. Um, so, yeah. And accommodation wise, people always say, and I always see it online, that it's really, really cheap comparing to other places. Is that mm -hmm. the case? Yeah, very cheap um, for sure. Uh, I would say, I guess because like there's tourists here, you know, there's prices go up for the tourists. We, we have this little pocket here in Chengdu is like, there's like hundreds of awesome little cafes and restaurants that you would see in like New York or LA. Um, so those aren't, you know, they're not the cheapest. They're way cheaper than what you would experience there, um, of course. And then the local food is insanely cheap. I mean, you can eat for a dollar. Uh, and that's kind of a recurring trend through all of Asia. It doesn't really matter where you are. Uh, you can eat for a dollar pretty much anywhere. Um, and the local cuisine is interesting too. You know, it's, it's spicy. It's, it's, uh, complex. It's, it's good. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully I can visit one day cause it's definitely on the bucket list uh, of mine. Yeah. So I, I guess I didn't answer your question about accommodation though. Um, sorry, I got carried away and just talking about like money in general, but yeah, accommodation wise, you can find some pretty affordable places here. You can also spend a lot if you want. Uh, that basically everyone lives in villas here in Bali and you can get a cheaper villa outdoor for, um, probably like five or $600 a month or even less than that. But you can, you can go all the way up to like, you know, four or five grand. I mean, there's some stunning villas out here. And then there's also guest houses that are like a couple hundred dollars a month. So most of them are from with the pool. Is that right? That's what I saw at least. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Almost every guest house and villa has a pool. So uh, it's rare that a villa does not have a pool. So, <laughs> and of course the beach is, you know, less than a mile away as well. So definitely. Wow. It all sounds like a dream, honestly. <laughs> it is, especially if you're a surfer, because uh, Chengdu is a surf town. It's the waves out here are crazy. There's so many surfers, so many, such a good surf culture. So what else do you do there? I'm just curious whether you would get some sort of board eventually. I know it's beautiful, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure when you're a photographer, you have you want to wake up every day and take plenty of photos. But when you actually live there, uh, what else is there to do besides just the beach, cafes, you know, hanging out with in, in those spots? Not, not a whole lot, man. <laughs> that's what we do. We just hang out. It's kind of a kind of a chill life. And that's okay. That's I like that. Um, I, I like cities. I like the countryside. And I think where we are right now is kind of a hybrid between the two. Um, and if I really want to chill, if I really want to slow down, I'll take a 25 minute boat ride over to Nusa Limbangan, which is just 
this awesome little island, tiny little island right next to Bali. And it is super chill, man. You can, you can get these, um, you can rent these pretty awesome villas there for like pretty cheap. And they're like 10 rooms. You get like 10 friends and it's like 60 bucks a night each. And you're like right on the beach, like stunning weather. The food is great. There's so many cool Airbnbs strewn throughout Bali in like random locations. So if you do come here, I recommend looking on Airbnb and tr- and finding some of these like incredible like bamboo houses in the middle of the jungle and just booking a night and just going uh, and, and live in the village life for a night. Sean, I think we have a problem right now because I, I feel like I'm going to sell everything from here and then just move to Bali <laughs> right now. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Another thing, I just want to go a little bit off topic when it comes to living in Bali, because you mentioned um, islands. And one of the things, one of the um, photos that I saw online that you posted was on, um, am I saying it right? Santoda Island. That's where you took a photo. Is that right? Satonda. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to repost that tonight. It's funny you say that. I saw that photo and I'm pretty sure that was taken with a drone. Is that right? Or where you actually on the plane? Yeah. Yeah, that was taken with a drone. And that day was probably my one of my favorite photography days ever. So we were on Sumbawa, which is like an island, uh, like four islands over from Bali. And it is boring. Like it is, there's no, there's like a few hotels. It's really hard to get around. Uh, we took the ferry there from Lombok, which is another island. Um, and you just get there and it's just like, there's just like goats running around and it's crazy, man. You're, you're on an Island in the middle of nowhere, but uh, it was so hard to get to this point to get to that Island that you saw the Satonda Island. So for those of you listening, I, I guess you haven't seen the picture. Satonda Island is literally a volcano in the middle of the ocean. It's like a crater volcano in the middle of the ocean and it's full of water. Um, it's like this perfect shape. Uh, and they say, that the, the water inside of it was filled when Mount Tambora erupted. Mount Tambora is right next to it, which is one of the largest, the largest eruption in human history was from Mount Tambora. And they say the wave spilled over the crater and filled up the inside of the, I don't know if that's true, but it's kind of a cool story. Um, but we, anyways, we had, we had to wake up at like three 30 and catch this. There was no boats to take us there. It was like a two hour boat ride North of this, island of Sumbawa and uh we had to like find this guy that had a police boat and it was like a crazy fast police boat and he sped out there at sunrise and we could look to our right we could see this tambora which is the you know the largest eruption in human history i think when it erupted it it, like evaporated everybody within like 30 miles like this thing is nuts right it's crazy so we go to this island no one's there completely deserted we get the drones up we capture these amazing photos um, and then on our way home, we're just driving, we're just in the boat and there was like this little tiny, tiny Island, like very small, like 10 feet by 10 feet. And, um, we're like, Oh, stop the boat. Let's get out. And we just like swam in this Island in the middle of the ocean for like an hour. And the, the water was crystal clear and it was just, just an incredible day, honestly. Yeah. I don't know how well I told that story, but <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to know. I was just very curious because I saw the photo and then I was <laughs> genuinely shocked how beautiful just, you know, just the photo it is. It was honestly, it looks gorgeous. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's a cool photo. And the island itself, I mean, is, is really cool as well. There's nothing there, just monkeys and birds. And uh, it's it was amazing. Yeah, beautiful place. What are there, um, what are some other places in Bali that people should uh, visit? Because I know that, uh, you know, like you said, the place itself is really, really massive. People don't really realize how big Indonesia really is. Yeah, I think when a lot of people come to Bali, they stay in they, they look online, they read things, and they, they stay in Kuda or they stay in Chenggu or they stay in Ubud. Ubud's cool. Uh, but these are all touristy locations that have been around for like quite a long time. Uh, but there's a lot of other places that I think you should check out. Maybe, yeah, maybe spend a few days in these in, in Chenggu and get a feel for it. Go to Ubud, of course. But uh, I would say Uluwatu for me is, is probably one of my favorite places. It's, uh, it's on the southern point of Bali and it's just stunning beaches that are all, all at the bottom of these giant cliffs. So you're like looking up at these cliffs and it's just a, an amazing place. And we spent a lot of time there over um, the pandemic. So I would say Uluwatu, I would say Sidibin village, which is this little village uh, in the middle of Bali, kind of in the jungle surrounded by rice fields. And you can, you can go uh, around, just drive around at sunrise or sunsets in those areas or honestly anywhere in Bali outside the cities and just 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 watch just you know have your camera and just watch the the people and and see how they live and uh take random turns and get lost and explore because there's so much to see and i think you could live here forever and not see everything yeah i guess some other places i would say ahmed which is a cool little dive town on the north coast of bali really cool spot um, and the greater Ubud area. So Ubud and all the areas kind of surrounding Ubud. Ubud is a little mountain town on the center of Bali in the middle of the jungle. And uh, there's a lot of really cool things to see around there. Um, and it's just a cool city as well. Um, just a cool place to be. So those are those are my favorite parts. Fabulous. Yeah. I And I know it sounds like a, a lot and a lot of people are not really familiar with the names, but all the um, places that you just mentioned, I'm definitely going to post on my Patreon account. So if people need to find them, then they're going to be able to find the guide out there. Last question that I have, uh, you know, what are your plans for the near future when it comes to career, when it comes to photography? Are you planning on staying in, in Bali or you're still a little bit uncertain about that? Right now, I'm just kind of focusing on being here, you know, being with my friends and uh, focusing on the YouTube channel, creating, you know, good, valuable content for people. And um, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I really was hoping to get to to Europe this year. Um, so that's still in the books, but I guess we'll see. So how can people follow your journey? How can people find you on uh, on social media right now? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at um, Sean Dalt. It's basically my name without the O-N because it was taken. Um, <laughs> You can also follow me on, on uh, YouTube where I post weekly videos uh, and you can subscribe to my newsletter as well. Those are the best ways to support me. So. Sean, uh, really appreciate you being here today. Really great catching with you, seeing what's going on, talking about some new places that many people would love to go. I would love to go about photography, about travel. Uh, wish you all the best. I hope everything's going to work out with, uh, especially with your courses, with YouTube channel. Hopefully it all can all grow uh and you know have a great time in bali thank you matt i appreciate that i appreciate you having me on and uh, let me uh chat your ear off today so <laughs> absolutely thanks sean yeah thanks matt thanks a lot for joining the podcast 
please make sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcast, and also let your friends and family know about Journey to Freedom. Also, consider supporting me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash journey to freedom. Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on a one-on-one basis. It's a place where I share exclusive content such as personal spreadsheets, traveling tips and advice, and of course, show notes from every single episode. It's a place where you can find a lot of insightful links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.